0: We've been shaped by stories our entire lives. When we were younger, they were read to us at bedtime. They come from our teachers in class and friends in hallways. We see them in our favorite movies and TV shows. We relate to them, visualize them, and share them. Jesus understood this and chose to teach through stories. We've been shaped by stories our entire lives, but the stories told by Jesus were meant to give us life. His stories were called parables. Good morning. morning. I want to greet everybody online today. Turn to Mark chapter 4. If you got your Bible, turn to Mark chapter 4. We're, gonna, we're starting a series on parables. This is your favorite parable. Well, I don't know about that, Pastor. Well, I'm gonna explain why. It's supposed to be your favorite parable. Because this is the parable of parables. What is a parable? It's a short story that that, that Jesus told, but it's spiritual and physical. He compares the earth realm that we live in to the spiritual realm where we live. Don't think you don't live in a spiritual realm. Realm, can we get it right? Heaven is like earth. Earth is like heaven. Come on, the best way to explain heaven to a child, it's another planet. Come on, it's got seas, it's got a river, it's got trees, it's got animals, it's got people, it's got mansions, it's got a throne, it's got mountains. Duh. God copied the earth, He made the earth like heaven. Now that's we, so Jesus told stories just like that to help us understand things. Heaven's like earth, Earth's likes heaven. We have people in authority, guess what? They're angels that have different types of authority in heaven. Boy, y'all quiet today. So let's let's dig into this parable. This is the parable of the sower and we're going to read, the story that Jesus told, and then we'll break it down. Are y'all ready? Give me an amen and say, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. All right. Mark chapter four in verse three, it says, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. Look at me real quick. He's got a bag and a bunch of seed and he's scattering it like that. Anybody ever sows, you know, grass seed? Come on. You can sow things like that. You know, a lot of times when in our garden, we make rows. That way we can we can manipulate it. We can keep the weeds out, and we can make sure the rows get watered. And, but but he's scattering seed like wheat. Okay, he's trying to get to help you get the visual. And so uh, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. In verse five, some fell by on the stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of the earth. But when the sun was up, it scorched. It was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Hmm. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew and choked it out. That's why we weed our garden, because it will grow up and choke out things. Because you're fertilizing your good stuff, the weed will come in and choke out. It'll get a hold of that fertilizer, won't it? But guess what? If you don't plant anything, guess what grows? Weeds, right? Right? And he said, And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground, and yielded a crop and uh, that sprang up, and increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixtyfold, some a hundredfold. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So, why is this parable important? We're going to bounce down to verse 13. If you got your Bible, you can turn to verse 13. We'll put it on the screen. He said, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all parables? That's why this needs to be your favorite parable. Understanding this parable helps you understand all parables. Okay, nod your head or something, you know. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to keep you awake. So he said, uh, we've got to understand this parable. So the disciples didn't understand the parable either. They're sitting there like you. And they go, tell us, explain this parable to us, Jesus. What, what does this mean? What does this parable mean? So if you got notes, wave at me if you got notes. If you need notes, ushers are there. I'll bypass that. And number one, on your notes, it says, the sowing of the seed is the Word of God. The sowing of the seed. In Mark four thirteen. I'm sorry, Mark 14, it says the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. Who's the sower? Say, I'm the sower. Where is the soul? Say, it's in my heart. We'll prove that to you. Come on, who's the sower? And where's the soul? Not your, not that heart, but the soul, but your spirit. Your spirit. Is the heart of the man. You know, what's the best part of the watermelon? The heart. Ah, come on now, y'all watermelon lovers. What's the best part of you? Your heart, your spirit. And you have got to feed your spirit. You have to sow into your spirit. If you do not sow into your spirit, you grow weeds. Now, there's some of us are operating without sowing into our spirit, and we're operating on our own strength. Except where we were taught by our mother and father, our grandmother and grandfather, biblical principles, and you know that that's what's right to do, so you're operating in a biblical principle anyway. But where you're not operating in a biblical principle, you're walking in your own strength and you got a lot of weeds. Got a lot of weeds out there. It's true. We all have issues, don't we? When nobody's perfect, we're all human. Well, God wants to recreate your spirit. That's why he gave you his spirit with his fruit and his word to change you and to make you mature in him. Instead of just, you ever met a Christian that's just all over the place, blankety-blank and mad and this and that and that. Oh, I love you, Jesus. And you're like, how can good fresh water come out in salt water too? Because his heart's not right. He's just not... He hasn't put the Word into his heart. Don't hate them. They're still a baby. And if you're still a baby in here, I'm not looking at you. I can't hardly see anybody with these lights. So we all need to judge ourselves because there's some areas that we need to mature in. Amen, amen. And so the sower sows the Word. You're the garden. You're the soul. Guess what? Though we're going to learn that you have a free will... And your free will can block the word of God, because guess what? And if you go back and listen to the last three or four sermons, I've been talking about how powerful the word of God is. God said His words above; uh, He puts His word above His name. Uh, the the word of God is backed by all the power of God. There's not power in the word; it's the word of His power. But wait a minute—you can quench the word. I, nobody wants that responsibility, do they? You know, just whatever happens happens, and you know I'm just going to live my life, and you know, and and uh, the Lord, you know, no. This teaches us that we have to sow the word of God into our heart. You're the farmer, you're the sower. What are you sowing? And I'm helping you today. Anybody under 18 in here? You want your life to be successful? You live by the word of God. Come on. I got a hold of this a little bit later, maybe 26, 27. It changed my life. It took me from a nobody to somebody in God. And I'm not talking about being a pastor. I'm talking about being successful. I'm talking about being able to lead my family, being able to teach my children. I'm talking about being able to pray for somebody because I knew what to pray. I knew that I, I knew I had to fill up. I knew I had to be full to minister and to pray for people. So we're going to dig into this, and we're going to number two, and we're going to stay here just a little bit. Number two, the hindrances to the sea. So there are hindrances to the sea. And there's all kinds of parables, but this is the first one we're going to go with. And look, and Mark 4, 15, and said, he's explaining this parable. Are you ready? He said, and these are the ones uh, by the wayside where they were sown when when they hear Satan comes immediately, immediately and takes the word that was sown in their heart. Guess what? You ever walked out of church and get in a fight with the kids or the wife, or you know, something happens and you go, Well, that was a good service, but it's gone. See, immediately Satan will come and test you, see what you believe. If you don't think that he comes to test you, see what you believe, or send people in your life to chew you out, huh? He's going to test your water, test your metal, see what you believe. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that, Pastor Brett. Come on. He comes immediately. Satan's coming to see what you got. You better grab a hold and say, this is my sermon, and he's not going to steal it. This is my word, and he's not going to steal it. So notice it said, what was sown in their hearts. Sown into soul, your heart is the soul number 16 verse 16 these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness yay every burden every cry. come on that was good wasn't it but wait we've we sang that with gladness verse 17 they have no root in themselves they endure for a time And afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. You ever seen somebody get saved for six months and quit, never come back to church, never talk about Jesus? They had no depth. Come on, I have seen religious people talk people out of their salvation. I don't think you're saved. You you don't go to my church while you're not saved. That's basically what they say. You don't go to my church what you're saved. No, if you believe what the Bible says, you're saved. no doesn't matter what church you go to. Amen. Come on, it's not about religion, it's about Jesus. And let's keep it on focus, our eyes on Jesus, and Jesus is the Word. In John 1, 1 remember, Jesus is the Word. He's the Word that, uh, that dwelt among us. And in verse 16, says He dwelt among us. Jesus became alive. and He's the Word of God, and he's, the Word of God is living and powerful. This right here is living and powerful when you start applying it and putting it in your heart. Amen. I know, oh, you're soaking it up. So you're just digging deep, digging deep, okay? Now verse 18 says, These are the ones that were sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires of other things enter and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful unfruitful the word becomes unfruitful why because i keep going back to my what my wife said about me or what my mama said about me or what my daddy said about me or what he didn't say about me i keep going back to what hurt i've had what abuse i've had the drug addiction that i've got i keep wallowing that same ground and nothing can grow in it because there's a rock there and there's thorns there you hear me And you have got to get your shovel out and get your tiller out. Now, guess what? Somebody gave me a tiller. If you ever need to borrow one, church has a tiller. But I can't use it on your heart. You have to use the Word of God to pry that stuff out. You have to use the Word of God. It's like weed killer. Come on. But here's what happens. Instead of something growing there, we go back and wallow in it. We go and dig it back up, and we remember it. You know, that was the word Miss Shirley gave, quit going back, quit going back last Sunday, quit going back to the same old thing. We have to let that go. We've got to start planting something in that. Amen? Because if you plant it and you water around in it, it ain't going to grow. You know, it can get about this high and the dog comes waller around over your corn, breaks it all down, it's not going to grow. What's the difference you going back? Well, I, I I just want to be healed of that. And then you tomorrow morning you wake up and, oh, I remember it. We all do. We got to break that. Some of it is, is a traditional, tradition from family, family curse, all kinds of stuff. Break it. The blood of Jesus we sang about this morning is more powerful than any problem you've got. The blood of Jesus paid for you to be free of those problems. The blood of Jesus backs the Word of God. Amen? Amen? It's already been paid and bought for. What do we have to do? We have to be a partaker again of the divine nature. We have to be a believer and grab a hold of it. 3,000 promises. Well, I, I'm praying for healing. Which one are you standing on? That's where the rubber meets the road. You know, I got four tires on a truck, and that's where the rubber meets the road in your faith is what scripture are you standing on? Well, I believe Matthew eight seventeen. I believe 1 Peter two twenty four. I believe Isaiah 53. Now we got something to stand on. I can be in agreement with you. Well, I, I try to be good, so God, maybe God'll heal me. It ain't about you being good, it's about Jesus was good. And you got to believe that He was good enough to, and His blood was good enough, and His Word is still powerful enough to set you free. Smile at somebody, say yeah. Okay. Look back here and say yeah. Say yeah to me or something. I'm just making sure y'all awake. So 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 if if the word of God, the kingdom of God is like a seed. How many of you ever planted something in the ground that came up the next day? No, well, maybe. But you got you, it takes time for the most part. How about an acorn? How about a mustard seed? That's one of the parables, a smallest seed and grows into a tree. Takes time. Now, God can supernaturally make it happen tomorrow. God can supernaturally make it happen now. But that's not the way he operates most of the time. That's why you get sometimes he does, sometimes he don't. You never, Lord, he's in control. He do it. But if you start planting the Word of God on that issue, on that problem, God will set you free. The Word of God works. Let's go to number three: growing a seed. The time of turning hearing into receiving. Did you know that faith comes by hearing? And hearing the word of God, you ever heard that in Romans 10, 17? Hearing, 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 hearing. You plant it, hearing, you water it, hearing, you reap. You plant, you water, you reap. And you get excited about it the whole time. Because it's God's word. It's not me doing it. If I could do it, I'd fix all y'all. But I'm not Jesus. I'm not your Savior. But he is, and this is the way he set up by sowing and reaping. You sow the word of God, you reap the promise of God. Well, I don't know about that, Pastor. Will you, have you ever tried it? I did one, I did for about five minutes. Come on, it takes time. It takes time. That you believe, that you trust in God. You believe in God. You believe His Word. His Word is what came and died on on the cross at Calvary. His Word was given to you to change your life, to make you smarter, or to make you look smarter. Y'all, this is deep, I know. Come on, we're going swimming in the deep end. So back to Mark 4, verse 26, and he said, The kingdom of God... And we're going to another parable. The kingdom of God is as a man who scattered seed on the ground and should sleep by by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, for the earth yields crop by itself, first the blade, then the head, then the full uh, full grain of the head. And when the grain ripens, immediately he puts a sickle in because the harvest has come. Man, the harvest shows up. We don't know what makes that seed. It has to be just right in the soil, and then it begins to grow and starts producing. Man, you walk your garden and you see that corn start coming out of the ground. Oh yeah, we're gonna have some corn here in just a little bit. And then it's getting bigger, and you're like, okay. And you put the you you, you build a scarecrow now because you got some stalks coming up. You don't have any corn, but you got a scarecrow getting re- got it ready. Got it ready. That's the way faith works. Faith has it in here in the soul before you have it out here. You're blessed in here before you're blessed out here. You're healed in here before you're healed out here. This is the way it works. I know we, we, we struggle with this, but this is a spiritual law that we've got to get a hold of. Because we're waiting on God to do it. And he said, put my word in your mouth, plant it in your heart, and you have what you say. What? Because we're saying what he says. That's what, you know, if if I was missing this finger right here, and all I look at is this finger all the time, I don't have a finger, it's hard to speak to it because I'm looking at the finger. And all you look at your problem, and you don't ever speak any life to it until it to go away, you keep your problem. You put your arm around your problem. Me and my old problem, and we just, it's been my problem for the last 20 years. Well, you know what? You ought to push it on down off of you on down the road and say, you know what? I'm changing today because I'm going to put the Word of God on this problem. They was testing my mic this morning and I began to declare who I am, what I am in God. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. That's what Deuteronomy says. If you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now I'm hearkening the best of my ability. You know what? Sometimes I still don't make it. Sometimes I get a little bit angry, you know. No, don't look at me like you don't get angry. Angry leads to sin. You've got to be careful with anger. The Bible says, "Be angry, but sin not." But Jesus was angry and sin not. Jesus is the perfect one, and when I repent and say, "Lord, I've missed it," I just step off into the Jesus, and now I'm in the place because I have repented and I have cleansed myself through the blood of Jesus. Now I hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord my God to observe and do all that he's written. And now I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. The fruit of my body, my children are blessed. My basket, my store's blessed, my bank account. I'm blessed whatever I put my hand to. Because you know what? I'm stepping into Jesus. Doing it in my own strength. I'm frustrated and I'm mad. I can't just think nothing's working right. Y'all getting quiet. That's when you're operating in your own self, you're by your own strength. And we have got to separate ourselves, and we got to get and back off and go to the bathroom if you're at work, or get in a closet somewhere, go sit in the car and eat lunch and just pray. Lord, I just, I, I'm, I'm stepping out of myself, and I'm stepping into you. You're my help today. You're my strength today. And where it doesn't seem to work, you will make it work. I was putting a trailer together, and I was... It was screwing a thousand screws a day and 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 uh, uh, my boss said, man come on I, I he, he'd been had years of experience but I've been praying about it because it was a, a bad turn right there and it was wanting to twist and I had it just right he goes, no let me show you how to do that and he twisted it all up to where he had to walk away but I'd already been praying about it and the, the way I was doing it, it, it there's you could have done it a hundred different ways but the Lord helped me to do it for me. You see, he wants to be involved in your daily life. I learned that a long time ago. I invited him into my daily life, and that that was a job where I really just started falling into the things of God, and I went to work, and I said, I'm working for the Lord here, and I had a job, and I got so good at my job that I could do it in a day and a half. And I was supposed to work five days. So since, and, and guess what? You know, the Lord had me do that because my boss hated Christians. And I did my job in a day and a half. He said, come help us put the roof on. So I went over. I'm doing the roof. And then I'm building this. I built a slide out. If you ever see the camper trailer and it slides out, I built that. And I welded all that together. And and so they added that to my list. And I'm doing about three or four people's jobs. And they're paying me. I'm getting raises every two weeks because I'm doing three or four people's jobs. This guy would chew people out, but I am incorporating the Word of God in my life. I'm blessed. God bless puts what, what I do. God blesses it. and God gives me wisdom to make me faster, to make me shine, because I want to do it for His glory. Amen. <laughs> he would come by and help me work. Other Christians, He would get on their nerves. He'd get in their face. I, there was two foremen to do this. Oh, you a Christian, huh? So if I slap you, you're going to turn the cheek? I told one of them, said, nope. <laughs> nope, because I ain't witnessing to you. You're coming after me. And but, but guess what? I earned his respect. Guess what? I led his wife to Jesus in a Bible study. The impact I had on that family, on that man. And I was going there to make a living. That was my goal, to make a living. But I ended up working for Jesus and doing something for the kingdom of God. That's how the Word of God works. It changes you. Uh, There are people watching you. Your family's watching you. And so we have got to let the Word, we got to let the seed grow in our hearts to where we're living it. We're living it daily. We're walking in it. Man, because see, God God will start showing up and and showing things and and people becoming, "How, how did you do that? How did you make that work like that? How did you make that straight? Well, man, I was praying and God showed me to do it this way. I began to teach people how to do different things. And not that it was in me, it was just God gave me stuff. I even had my own radio station going, you know, it was Jesus on the main line while I was working. Come on. So, so just a reminder, I already quoted Romans 10:17 said, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Has anybody ever had a stake more than once? Come on, wave your hand at me. Okay, you may have heard this sermon before, but it's fresh. It's fresh today. Come on. This is fresh. And so you need to take this sermon and you need to learn something from it and learn by it to live by the Word of God. It will heal you. It will set you free. It will deliver you. It will bless you. It will change your whole attitude. It will change the whole course of your family. Yes. So Mark 4, 24. And then Jesus said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. To you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has to him, more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Well, now, that, that seems like a cruel scripture right there. But he said, if you'll put it back up there, he said, Come on, take heed to what I'm speaking to you today. This is what Jesus would say to you. These are his words. Take heed to the word of God and put it in your heart and live by it and walk in it and declare it over your children, declare it over your spouse, declare it over yourself. Take heed. Do you know what this is? Sowing and reaping. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he reap. If you sow corruption, you reap corruption. If you sow the word of God, you reap the blessing from the word of God. Simple. But you know what? 85% of Christians in America don't know this. Oh Lord, help me, help me, Lord! You know we're struggling. Or oh, we pray like this: "She's a good woman, Lord, help her." It has nothing to do with it. We need to stand on the word, put pray the word of God over somebody, and learn how the word, uh, how to declare the word of God. And, and look what it says: uh, For him who whoever has, the more be given, because you are planning continually, planning and planning and planning. Therefore, you're continually reaping and reaping and reaping and reaping. You're in the flow now. You're planting daily and you're reaping daily. You know, you start speaking to your shoulder that don't work. In the name of Jesus, I declare healing over my shoulder. I stand on Matthew 8:17. Oh, the Bible says in, in Psalms that God sent his word to heal me. So I speak healing. I receive healing in this shoulder. It gets better and better every day. I'm getting stronger in this shoulder every day. Instead of go, Whoa, oh, my shoulder hurts. My shoulder hurts. Feel, feel this right here. It's hurting. We're calling what we have instead of what God said we could have. We're walking by sight again or what we feel, what we smell, what we taste, what we see. Some of y'all can't smell and taste anymore because of coronavirus. You need to declare healing over that. <laughs> Come on, see, so so what he doesn't have, see what you get and earn. Does anybody ever feel like... And i ain't going to raise your hand. If you ever feel like you make a lot of money and it just goes through your fingers? You know, you get ahead a little bit and the dryer goes out. Get ahead a little bit and transmission goes out. Get ahead a little bit. And the enemy comes to rob from you. That's how it works. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the one who puts sickness on you. He's the one who kills, steals, and destroys from you. Jesus said, I've come to give you life, abundant life. That doesn't mean you're not going to have problems, but you know, how the, you know what the answer to the problem is. It's the word of God. There is a promise for every problem that you have in this life. and We have to find that promise and get it in us. And I just walk around saying it. Walking around, Jesus is my healer. He bore my sickness and infirmity, according to Matthew eight seventeen, which is foretelling what Isaiah 53 said. When he comes, he gonna, he's going to be wounded for your transgressions. He'll be bruised for your guilt and iniquities, bruised for your sicknesses. The chastisement of his peace will be upon you. You're without peace today. Jesus took. Anybody ever made, been made fun of? Come on, let it go. Jesus was made fun of so you could have peace. You know? They told me, I says, Kenny, I had to jump around in the shower to get wet. They said my mama had to put a rag to keep me from going down the drain in the, in the tub. You know, I heard all that mess, you know. And then I had some great uncles, and they were really mean. They said, boy, you so ugly, you got to tie a bone around your neck so the dog will play with you. They literally said stuff like that. Just see what would stick. You ever met somebody, they just trying to get you and find out, and then they're going to go at you, now you're so ugly, You know, they just go in going at you. And so they were cruel. Hear me. Do not let the enemy's words stick to you. Don't let it grow. Some of you got a tree of what the enemy planted in you. Come on, get the chainsaw out. Let's cut it down. So so number four, let's talk about the harvest of the seed. And I want to go just a little bit deeper just for a second. And Mark four twenty said, But these are the ones that are sown on the good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, receive it, is what that means, and bear fruit, some 30 fold, some 60 fold, some 100 fold. If you're writing down, taking notes, write this down the word of God produces. That's what Jesus just said the word of God produces. And it does. The Word of God will produce in our life if we plant it in our heart, if we speak it and live it and act upon it. So, so let's talk about our heart just for a second. And I'm talking about our spirit now. So let's talk about our spirit being the soul. Guess what? Here it is. Here's my spirit. On this side, I can have thorns and thistles. On this side, I can have rocks. But right here in the middle, I can have some good soul. That's how come you can find people that can believe for healing, because they have dug all the rocks up or all the thorns up. They're not letting the cares of this world bother them anymore. Sickness, old oh, people getting sick, people getting sick. Put the word of God on it. They know they've learned that. But you, they struggle. They may struggle with finances because they got a lot of rocks on this side. Because they, just, you know, they were raised in poverty and they had a poverty mentality, and and they don't know how to live in and, and, and believe God to be blessed. Or you can have people that, man, just money comes to them. I've seen that they could take $5 and make $500 like that, but yet they couldn't receive healing because they, they were taught biblical principles about finances and how to handle it and stuff. Even though they were not being a solid Christian, they knew how they were using biblical principles. Come on. Because you can sow and reap with money. You sow to the kingdom of heaven, guess what? You can sow in IBM or whatever you pick. And you you want to pick something you can reap from, right? You always reap from the Word of God. And where you're not reaping healing, it's time to go over there and see what's going on. Are you still wallowing in it? Stuff's trying to grow. Are you pulling it up? Because, man, this shoulder's still bothering me. And I I said it for five minutes, Pastor, and it still ain't working. You just dug up your seed. You just wallowed on it even if it had been growing for a week. And this is how our life changes. We live by the word of God. Jesus said, my peace I give you. That's a promise. Not as the world gives. My peace, baby. That's Miss Shirley talking, baby. Mm -hmm. So she's old enough to call everybody baby. She's everybody's grandma. But it's still the truth. It's peace. That's a promise to stand on. Okay, I received the peace of God. Well, you know what I'm going through, Pastor? You're wallowing in the problem. Start speaking peace to it. I speak peace to that situation in my heart. Because guess what? Nobody can see what's going on in your spirit. And if you do this, they think everything's good. And on the inside, you're paddling like a duck under the water, you know? But hear me, you can have true peace when you put the Word of God in your heart. Because I, I, I did my daddy's funeral, and people are like, how did you do that? Man, it's God. Because I got the peace of God. I know where He's at. He busted heaven wide open. He's younger than I am. Outrun me right now. I know I have this vision of what people who die and go to heaven look like. And the Word of God teaches that. Come on, it's not over when we die. Hey, victory even over death—that's a promise. But that's how we apply it. We have to apply it to them. Oh, they, died over. they wouldn't come back if you paid them. Whatever, if you gave them the world with a fence around it, they wouldn't come back. They've entered into glory. You know, their people have seen it and did come back, but a lot of them don't. A lot of them took on the other side there i'm ready hey i'm about ready too but i still have things to do but i ain't afraid of it see that's how you put apply the promise of god to your heart to where you know what i'm not afraid of death yeah there's some things i want to do things i want to see my grandchildren i my children being successful for god See, that that's the things that keep you here because guess what? You have to stand in the gap for your family. You better be speaking the word over them. They hear the word of God and live by the word of God. I used to pray over my children that they're teachable, that they're, they have understanding. They, they hear the word, they understand it, and they're able to teach it, able to sing it. Hello. My children hear the Word of God. They understand the Word of God. They're able to teach the Word of God. It's hard to teach something you don't understand. You don't want to come ask me how to fly an airplane. I have ridden in several. They work. But you don't want me to teach you how to fly one. I might even read the book on it. But you don't want it to. Need. Uh-uh. You want somebody with some experience, with some understanding. Amen? Guess what? I have some understanding of this Word, and it works. I have some understanding... Miss Shirley, why is Miss Shirley so powerful? She stays in the Word. She's feeding herself the Word of God. I feed myself the Word of God. I declare who I am every day. I remind myself who I am because there's days I get up and I don't feel like it. I know y'all don't ever get up and feel like you're not even saved, but I get up and I don't feel like I'm doing anything, but I have to start declaring that I'm a child of God, that I'm an overcomer, that I'm more than a conqueror. The life of God dwells in me, and he, and, and Paul said it's all over me and keeping me alive. Hey, now I'm getting fired up. I'm ready to go do something. See, we all have burden, struggles, and stuff that wants to grow. Just just ease over there and just kind of get your glove on and pull that that briar up and, and put it where it won't grow. Because God wants to take you to where you're this. Here's my heart again. There was a swamp over there one time where I wallowed and wallowed and wallowed but the thing about a swamp is that it is good soil for stuff to grow and i went over here in this swamp and i started scattering that I've been healed of this, and I've been delivered from this, and I don't have to think about this. And now where that swamp was at, there's a tree of life over there, and it brings me life. When I look at that, where that problem used to be, glory to God, now I can testify. And when I testify, that means God wants to do it in you too. See, I don't go over there and wallow anymore. I go over there and put my arm around that tree that Jesus grew, and I said, God wants to do it for you too. That's how this works. Because God will change your life and you will become fruitful where you were nothing but a mess. And you hang on to the mess and God wants to make you fruitful. He wants to make you an overcomer. He wants you to bear fruit. And you know what? I I told the staff, we we had a staff meeting. I said, you know what? The fruit that God gives you, love, joy, peace, gentle kindness, the tree don't eat the fruit. You, you eat my fruit. You're eating my fruit today. But guess what? I eat your fruit, and I eat your fruit. I eat your love, your joy, your peace, your gentleness, your kindness. When I get around you, I sense that, and I go, "Whoa, man, I like being around them. Hey, see, you, you, you're drawn to people who, who give you good fruit. It's the devil that makes you go back to people who give you bad fruit. You kind of, kind of, nope. Let me go one more step. Now, glory. I'm not hanging out with that crowd. That crowd will pull you down. You ever get around somebody gossiping, and they're your friend? Guess what? When you leave, they're talking about you. I learned that a long time ago. I said, you know what? I'm not going to be friends with them anymore. They're dogging me too. Just sit there. You sit there, listen to them dogging, everything just dawned on me. They're talking about me like that when I'm not here. You don't have to hang around folks like that. And they say, what's the matter, man? I, I, I'm, I'm serving God. Mm-mm. You have got to separate yourself and get into the Word and live by the Word of God. So, before we go any further, we want to pray because I told you we had gifts. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior today, you're here and you want to accept Him as Lord and Savior, will you lift your hand? You don't have to bow your head. You say, I want you to look at me because you need Jesus. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You need Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way. For people to say that somebody else is the way, shame on God then for hanging Jesus on the cross, for sweating blood when he took the whole world's sins on him. There is but one way, and that's Jesus. No other religion does it. I had an argument with a guy who was in jail. Can you tell me your Jesus is God? There's people worshiping trees. I said, well, you can get shade from a tree, and you might get some nuts to eat from a tree or some dead limbs for a fire. But my God talks to me, lives on the inside of me. He walks with me. He has given me His Word. He has given me His promises. And he said, will you pray for my daughter? Man, from an argument to asking me to pray for his daughter. That's how the word of God, that's how powerful the word of God is. This guy was a killer. God wants to love you and minister to you. Now bow your heads for me. I want us all to pray this together. Father, thank you for Jesus. He died for me. Cleanse me. Wash me in your blood. Forgive me of my sins. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.